Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In this episode, I'm joined by two much-loved members of the Scottish comedy scene, Jay Lafferty and Billy Kirkwood. An experienced writer and performer, Jay began stand-up in 2005 and she's worked on a number of hit BBC Scotland and BBC Four radio shows. And she's also one of the longest-running panellists on the satirical quiz show Breaking the News. You may also have seen her on the BBC Scotland comedy show Scott Squad. Ayrshire-born comic Billy Kirkwood has established himself as one of the United Kingdom's most watchable and versatile acts, thanks to his lovable on-stage presence. His inventive and energetic stand-up performances and an unbridled mischievous streak have charmed audiences the world over. So Jay and Billy, great to have you here. How are you both? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. A box of fluffy ducks. <laughs> I, I never really know how to answer that question. See when someone passes you in a corridor and they go, how are you? Terrible shite. Absolutely <laughs> awful. Worst, worst thing. I know. Are we yeah. already swearing this? Yeah, you, you can, yeah. The occasional left bomb, not so much the C-bomb. And, and if you and if you do, we'll probably cut out some one or two all, of them. All I could think of was Scott Agnew's <laughs> joke. Don't see the C word, what? Celtic. Celtic <laughs> I've not heard that. Oh, I miss Scott. I've not seen him in ages. But yes, yeah, a good point that when you ask someone how they are, you're not really looking for an answer, are you? And There's nothing they... worse than when somebody actually tells you how they oh, are. Oh, yeah, totally. And you're just sitting there like, oh, I did ask. I know. I, I did know. ask. Morag, Sorry about Morag, your granny. Morag in the office. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, he's, he's spending all his time in the glory holes again. <laughs> I just don't know what to do, Billy. Could you, do you have an answer? Well, we're all here anyway. And as we speak, uh, the, the Russians have just invaded Ukraine. So, you know, Europe's about to go to war. So, yeah. Oh, smashing. Well, uh, I'm going to enjoy my gigs in Amsterdam next week. That's going to be a delight. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a point. Yeah. There's something topical to talk about. You guys know each other from way back in the day because you both started sort of learning the comedy ropes together. Yeah, pretty much. We It's weird because we kind of had similar like performance kind of backgrounds before we went in there because you'd done a bit of acting and we I'd were done both a bit failed of actors both is that what awful. you're trying to say we were terrible Chires. absolutely Chires. awful actors uh, terrible even now <laughs> even now which is quite funny because I, I get offered active work and stuff now but it's like sorry was it you want to do and they're like well, you act in this role. I don't think I'll be very good at that. Sorry, we we are offering you the part. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> and, and it's not like a Ryan Gosling. Oh, Billy Kirkwood has turned down the part. It's like Billy Kirkwood thinks of making arse of this. So like, he's not going to bother. But no, Jay we... Lafferty has no such morals and will take the part. Oh, I, I just have random insecurities. She has played me so many times on screen now. Uh, I did an excellent Billy Kirkwood. It's amazing. It's amazing. And you, so you both went through the the kind of Viv G School of Excellence back. What happened there in two thousand and five or yeah, something? Was that's it? Right, yeah, that's right. It's uh, oh, hang on. So it's November thirtieth, two thousand and four. Yeah, wow. That's what I was going to say. It was two thousand four. Was the first gig, and I know that because I turned twenty five, like a, a, a couple of days later. So folk don't know how that works then. So you would do the course. I think you said it was a three-month course. And do you do a gig at the end of it? Yeah. Or, yeah? That, that was part of the reason I did it. And uh, I'll tell you, I'd always wanted to try stand-up. Um, but we see when you're a wee, hairy, working-class guy from Ayrshire, you don't 
don't do it. I mean, it's always it's always kind of like, I always, I don't want to get in a class thing and all that, but you're not meant to do that. You're meant to get a job in a factory. You're meant to have 2.1 kids, and that's what you do. Yeah. And I'd always been involved in the creative arts, but I'd always wanted to give stand-up a go. And the reason I signed up for the course, because my wife had a friend, whose name I will not say, who had done the course, and she went, and she's getting bookings now, and she's shite, so you should have a go. <laughs> that was her attitude. That was her attitude. And the, the big key for me Has was... Has she ever thought of a career in motivational speaking? Well, I'll have a, have a, have a word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reason I signed up was because there was a gig at the end and I didn't have the first clue how to get a gig or even get into the yeah. industry and it was at a time before like oh, it makes us, this is going to make us sound oh, dead we are old, so yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, go, old. Right. it's going to make us sound dead old it. it's yes right you know the, the physical the physical pain in your mm. 20s was replaced by the uh, mm -hmm. anyway um, but what happened was there was a gig at the end you couldn't Google, you couldn't YouTube. Like, there was no, not really any books or anything. Mm -hmm. I don't think there were any other classes. Vivji's, I paid with a postal order. That's how long there ago it was. There was Charlie Ross's class. They were, oh, there was Charlie, oh, Charlie Ross. <laughs> oh, Charlie Ross. Charlie Ross. If anyone asks, the PE I teacher. If, any, if anyone asks, <laughs> I normally headline, but I'm just opening tonight. Uh, love you, Charlie, but come on. Can you remember like the first the first class and, and the, the first thing you said when you opened your mouth? I mean, I don't remember the first thing I said. I hadn't long come back from Los Angeles, that's right. so I thought I was amazing. <laughs> um, I was very full of myself. I was only twenty one, and yeah, I was very. Um, what would the word be? Confident. Uh, confident would be a kind way to say it. <laughs> full of shite would be another I way to say it. I didn't think that at all. I thought you were all good. Gallus. Gallus is Gallus, a good... Gallus, yeah. Very cool. Um, there wasn't, as Per will probably come and talk about, there wasn't a lot of women on the course. Mm -hmm. um, oh, there was you're right. Myself you're right. and one other... I want to say her name was Donna. Mm. I want to say her name would, was she Donna. Was a, she was older. She was older. An older lady. Uh, when I say older lady, she was probably my age now. So she wasn't <laughs> older at all. She was in her 40s. <laughs> she was in her 40s. Um, and she was doing it to gain confidence. I yeah. remember it because of the job, the type of job she had. Um, and she had to do some public speaking in her job. And that's why she was doing it. And I had just come back from LA. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, yeah, I kind of came in and... Was full of it. <laughs> you were full of it at all. I, was too. I thought you were good. I thought you were good. I mean, you did. You did have a butler. I did. Have, uh, yeah. <laughs> were there any kind of preconceived ideas about what, what it was going to involve? Did you think you had, you would have to bring in your own material at that stage, or did you? Or was it literally a blank page? An interesting thing uh, is, I, I, I mean, we've both been through university and what have you, so you can understand. And I'm not casting any aspersions, but a couple of people on the course were like, "Ah, I'm all ready to go. I've got my five minutes." Like on day one, mm -hmm. I've got my five minutes, right. and. Uh, and you knew it kind of sounds weird, but you kind of had a feeling like, oh, this guy's going to die in his ass. Mm -hmm. Like, even then, you were kind of like, because, uh, but the ones of us that I kind of embraced it, you just let Viv lead you. Yeah. And, uh, and I know there's been love letters to Viv already on the podcast, but yeah. she could not have made it easier. Sure. Yeah. And it was never, she, if you had a preconception, yeah. she would dial in why you might have that. And why you should think about changing it. Yeah. You know, and it was, um, yeah, she really was the godmother to so many of us in that one. Wow. But I didn't think you had to turn up at five because I had nothing in my first set. Was, I loved your first was set. So, it's a bit cows and so your granny. Co co yeah, cows. <laughs> right. Wait, here, like, bless Viv though, because I'm a This is the whole thing, right? I might do some mainstream stuff, but I'm a proper. Jane knows this more than anybody. She's got this file. I'm a weirdo, right? I'm a proper, <laughs> proper. Even my tastes in comedy. I remember Tommy Shepard giving me one of the best compliments. It was like, Storm and Gig tonight. 
you're a lot weirder than people think you are. <laughs> and you hide it. You hide it in plain sight that they don't see it. But it's there and I've clocked it and I was like, am I done? <laughs> so like, is, this, is this you outing me, Tommy? But uh, um, my first set was about cows that wanted to take over the world and what they were going to do is buy celebrity skins and wear them and form a band. And uh, their, their name was uh, Metallica. <laughs> and um, and the celebrity they picked was Ted Rogers from Three Two One. I fucking no idea why. Because <laughs> that's not so easy surreal. to do with a with a, it was with very a hoof. Surreal. Is it? Oh, he did the uh, the jokes in there. That jokes in there. Got his hacky even then. But uh, um, um, I forget the question. No, it was about. It did was, we come uh, in with material? Yeah, yeah because yeah. I suppose also, like, if if you think about the biggest, what's the biggest no-no in comedy with plagiarism? Now, in yeah. in twenty twenty-two, you know, the, 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 everybody's dead. Now dead it's easy. getting cancelled. Well, now it's getting cancelled. Yeah, exactly. But it'd be dead easy for someone to say you stole my my, my joke or my yeah. routine, and because here it is. But then in the in the kind of early noughties, maybe you know you could have heard somebody on stage. I think it was more Viv did such an amazing way of being able to make you open up mm -hmm. to how your thoughts can turn into material. Right. Like I always remember saying, everyone's funny. Like everyone's funny. Let's find. I mean, she. I think I seem to recall. She's a kind woman. She's like a very kind yeah. woman. <laughs> I, I seem to remember newspapers was the first thing. Like straight away, she was like. And she knew, man, like, if you'd... Because I'd emceed a couple of her courses since then, like, finals, and she knew, like, if you were doing a Bill Hicks tape from, like, 1987, it's going to be pretty obvious. Like, especially if you're, like, an, a 21-year-old guy and you're talking about sin elsewhere. <laughs> right, then something's, something's not right. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I have to tell you very quickly on that subject. Um, no way you were in sin elsewhere. No, but it's just the funniest real-life story ever uh, on, that, uh, on that kind of vein. As you there was a you might remember a newspaper story about 20 30 years ago about a guy who went back to school a guy called Brandon Lee mm -hmm. and he went back to school at Bears Den as a 30 year old and he convinced the, the he convinced the teachers and everything that he was only 17 16 or 17 he was so determined to get into medical school but um what what the thing that stuck with me more than anything was all the kind of sixth years at Bears Den Academy when they were being interviewed by the press after it all right they're like yeah we can never quite wonder work out why he was so great at like kind of Quizzes and music <laughs> quizzes and the new stuff from the sixties. <laughs> and his knowledge of the Beatles was incredible, you know. But uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, so why, why so smoke twenty wood by yes, the day? Exactly. But go back to that point about yeah. So uh, his uh, wife was picking him up. From exactly. Like his mom. Yes. <laughs> Your mom is awful young. <laughs> young Brandon's very good at bowls. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think? Uh, but uh, no, we we uh, it was interesting though how there was a, a group of us that kind of all took a liking to each other. Because I think we were we were having such a laugh in that class. Like yeah. I just remember it being so much yeah. fun. Well, I think Viv still talks about our class being the one that we spent more time in the pub afterwards than yeah. we did in in the actual workshop. Yeah. So yeah. like the workshop would run from like half six until half eight, and yeah. then we would go to the pub at um, God, what's it called? Waxy O'Connor's. Waxy O'Connor's. Yeah. Right. And we would be in there till at midnight, till closing time. Yeah. We'd all just be sitting there chatting. And I mean, Billy and I both worked full-time jobs at that point. That's right, that's right. Back in the day. Back in the day. And uh, we used to, I used to just love Tuesday nights. We'd just sit there and chat. And I think a lot of the connections between like Billy Mark, yeah. um, David and... Um, 
God, what was the big Irish guy's name? Aidan, Aidan McQuaid, who is now like head of commission for abolishing slavery in Europe. He's yeah. got like... <laughs> he works for Oxford. Like, he went, oh, I'm moving to London. And then the next day is a picture of him at number 10. And it's like, we might have underestimated Aidan. Aidan <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Contributions. I don't think it was because of the course, just in case anyone's <laughs> listening. Well, remember wanted... we used to go to his house? I, he I used to stay in his Garsh- flat all the time. He had a house in Garsh Cube Road. Yeah. And we used to go there to practice... Because we then started our own um, night, yeah. which um, Billy named, and I'll let you tell him. Oh, no, I did not name. I cannot take <laughs> I cannot take credit. Um, there was a little core of us. I mean, but again, I guess that was a good thing. I'm not, this makes me sound like I'm burying Aiden, but he was older than us, right? And, uh, and he went and booked. So this was after graduation, if you want. Like, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. What do we do now? How do you get gigs? What do we do now? So we started our own comedy night, which is probably considered to be sacrilege by a generation of comics, but even now I would actively encourage people to yeah. do, like just get get the stage get time. Get the stage time, 100%. Get yeah. the stage. So it was at the Liquid Ship in Great Western Road, is it? Something yeah. like that, Glasgow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's called now. And I don't know why it was called the Don Quixote Appreciation Society. I haven't a bloody clue why. I haven't. A, I honestly haven't a clue. I didn't even know who Don Quixote was I, at the I, time. I just as the like only girl words. in the group at the time yeah. as well. I just went. I just let the boys do what they want. I don't really care. But <laughs> you know something? Ironically, it probably got people's attention. Yeah. And the end, like people, because we started getting like Alan Anderson came down just yeah. to just go, who are these upstart dickheads? No doubt. <laughs> um, Alison, Alan, Alison Anderson, Alan Anderson being the the guy who runs the Rotunda comedy. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. for anybody who, who I doesn't, I don't think you'll mind me saying that no, because no. He, he he did come down and we started making connections through the comedy world. But it was it was still like, man, it was such a fun time. Like we would we would all sit together in Aiden's flat and uh, we would practice sets to you know back and forth and give each other advice and. All that it was uh, it was an awesome way to kick things so off. So we started doing sketches as well because we we did one of the very first. It must have been either the first or second Glasgow Comedy Festival. Yeah, and we decided, despite the fact that we were so wet behind the ears, that we would we would have our own night at the Glasgow Comedy Festival. We actually ended up have two nights. We did. Um, we ended up having three gigs at one point. We ran three monthly gigs yeah. in three different areas of Glasgow. Yeah, and um, we used to do sketches. So we would do. Like Billy would quite often compare and then we'd have a sketch and there was five of us in an act and a sketch and an act and then we would finish on yeah. sometimes a song. <laughs> it seemed a long time ago, but oh, it was so happy memories. Hey, but it's, it was all about learning, man. Yeah, yeah. It was all about learning. Yeah. Um, I mean, we did that and then some of us started getting booked with what I used to call the Mac Star Apprenticeship, <laughs> right? Now, <laughs> I, has Mac Star come up on the podcast yet? No. I can't not, believe... I well, can't Ray believe that. would probably be too young for Max yeah. Star. Well, well, this is the whole thing. We might be the last generation to go through the Max Star apprenticeship. Right. Okay. And what this is, and listen, Mac is Mac. Mac is Max Star. Um, very much a Walter Mitty kind of a character. Um, a number one hit single in Texas. Various different things. Once played stand up for Fidel Castro. Oh, God. Listen, listen, if you ever do a spin off, you have to get Scottish comedians to tell their retelling of Max Star's. Gig for Fidel Castro. <laughs> like everyone's got my favourites is Des Clark. Right, right. I, I've got an idea. This might be ser- series two, first episode. Right, yeah. right. But, so I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. But what Mac was is he was running gigs all across Scotland, and he would book you to do twenty minutes when you had five. Yeah. Like I had no interest in comparing 
or kind of working off a script. And by that, I mean not, you know, I've written this, I'm not only doing this, um, but Mac would book you in bloody, like, Inverness in the middle of the day and, you know, all these gigs where you had no business. But, man, it toughened you up. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, they were awful, awful gigs. Dreadful. But but you develop a thick skin and experiences. If you started getting results in those places, you were kind of like... Well, something's happening. Yeah, yeah, totally. Something's happening. And quite often, Mac would bring you on, like, terribly, you know? <laughs> like, he would go, I'm singing a song dedicated to my dead granny, and then he'd be like, and here's Jay Lafferty. And here's Jay Lafferty. <laughs> right. <laughs> and by then, you're kind of watching, you start watching your fellow comics, like, like you're on a, the bench at a football game, you're kind of like, come on, Jay, come on, Jay! <laughs> you can get a result on that, come on, Jay! <laughs> Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I like you, you'll not hear this very often. I actually owe quite a lot to Mac in, in that respect. So I, I don't know much about him. So what is he still around or no He's idea? A, no. Well, the last we heard, he was a Jamiroquai tribute act. Um, he he does look like in a, He got married in a supermarket on reality TV at one point. There was oh, that's like, a completely different version of the story I heard. Oh, so <laughs> I heard he was dressed as Batman and Batgirl under a bridge in Edinburgh. So that's all you need to know about Max Star. He was right just, I, I real, as Billy says, like Walter Mitty, everybody's got a Max Star. Everybody from our generation of yeah. stand up has a Max Star story. Wow. Um, and his own Max Star stories. Like somebody, at one point, somebody tried to piece together the Max Star timeline. The timeline. To figure out how old he was, because his name's not even Max Star. And he, he used to say he was from Tasmania and he had a kind of like Australasian like accent, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Where there's a lot of people convinced he was from like, Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> Which is terrifying when you think about it, because I never saw him drop the accent. I never saw him drop the accent once. But to take away from that, it was a time where stage time was really, really scarce. We had had finished with Viv G and that was great. And hey, Viv always continued to be an ear of support if you needed her. Um, But it got you out there, got you out doing gigs and trying to get out in the community. Not necessarily, you know, I don't think our, any any guys from our generation necessarily had a five year plan. Kind of wish I did if I could yeah. go back in time. Just but there was a thing as well. See, like now where like new up and coming acts are like, oh, oh, we go and they cut their teeth at Red Raw. There was this kind of thing that was like you had one shot at the stand. Now whether or not that was true, mm. but there was this kind of preconceived perception that you had to go to the stand, you had to be a hundred percent ready, and you had to slay it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. By the time we would do Red Raw, we probably I'd been gigging for two years before I did Red Raw. So yeah, big, yeah. there was a, a, a big kind of waiting list almost. To, no, to, there no. was no waiting back list then. then. No, no you, could, then, you no. could have got on three times a, a month then. I mean, it was such a small. I mean, yeah, for for absolute beginners, but pres- presumably, the, the, you know, the team who had been through the Viv G school, uh, your names might not have been known, but maybe the fact you'd been on the the course oh, had been I, known. I, I, I'm not. I'm yeah, probably. As opposed to someone who wakes up one day and thinks, "I fancy being a comedian. I'm going to apply for this new, well, new, you know, beginners night." I think in terms of the the stand in Red Raw, um, it probably did help if you did turn around and go, "Oh, I've done Viv G's yeah. course." But I think they've always been quite equal opportunists in that respect. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you did go, hey, "I've never tried it. I'd like to," they would go, "Okay." Yeah. Okay, because that's what Red Raw is kind of about. Uh, exactly. It's, it's people want to go and watch folk yeah. crashing and burning, yeah. isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, guys like CMB, they haven't yeah. done stand up courses or, or stuff like that. Look how he's flying or yeah. Roscoe or yeah. those type of guys. Yeah. And they're doing they're doing amazing. Yeah. Uh, and they were guys that just went, I want to give this a go. You mentioned, um, Jay, that, that there weren't many females on the course. Mm-hmm. And 
the, 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 there's always been a debate about, you know, maybe there aren't as many female comedians as there should be too. Mm-hmm. Is, is that something that's still an issue or do you think? I think it's brilliantly changed um, over the last 10 years. When I first started, there was, you could name the the women in Scottish comedy on one hand. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, you really could. Um, and then over the years quite a lot of acts that had started down south and had a bit of a reputation started started moving to Scotland yeah. so that helped and um and then you know we kind of actively tried to encourage women into comedy yeah. um so like you know and i think if you see it you can be it so the more women that there was on the stage the more women in the audience were like well i could do that and I, you know and it's now i would still say it's not 50-50 i still look at some bills and go well, for god's sake yeah. um but it's getting a lot better and there's some brilliant female acts that have come up in the mm-hmm. last kind of six years uh, and in the last decade. You've got like Amy Matthews and Crystal Evans, both living in Scotland, neither yep. one Scots, mm-hmm. um, working in the industry. And We've got a whole generation of amazing ones that come through, like Emma uh, McNally. Mm-hmm. She's in, she's going to be a big name. Yeah. Ro- I, Ray Brogan. Yeah, yeah these, are, these are the next. So it's... it's from my point of view, because I've always shared this this same opinion, there is not enough. Mm-hmm. But it's also quite good to see that the stages of Scotland have embraced. They've they've really opened up. We're a very progressive uh, country in some respects. Of um, we don't. Oh God, there's nothing that pisses me off more. Like anyway, next we've got a woman. It's a woman. Oh, anyway, there's a woman. But now, uh, you know, regardless of gender or mm-hmm. sexuality, it is opening up. Like Jay yeah. says, it's by no means fifty yeah. fifty. But thankfully. It's more you're being booked on your talent. Yeah. And even so, I would like to see more representation. You are getting booked on what you can do as opposed to, well, you know, this needs to go to a white guy that's mm-hmm. going to talk yeah. about football or some shit. But see, yeah. It's even now where you are in the lineup. So, you know, at the, one of the reasons I became a compare was mm-hmm. because I could... I would get more bookings as a sure. compare yeah. because they were quite happy to have a female doing the bringing the people on. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. all right. Get the wheel yeah. asses. She can bring <laughs> the people on. Um, and now I would say that, you know, I probably headline as, as much as a compare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on bills a lot of the time with other women who are headlining. And that is new. That's awesome. That yeah. is new. Like even women who should have been headlining for years yeah. and yeah. years that's even a, they were that, always in the middle that's maybe even a, a post-covid thing yeah. like, which is amazing to see yeah i mean i'm sure it happened before but um well a lot a lot of people were taking up new hobbies during during the pandemic so <laughs> one, the comedy might be one of them although it might be tricky <laughs> to kind of tricky to really kind of uh, learn that when but, you're sitting in your house but <laughs> it's, it's like jay said you know uh, um, comedians that should have been getting booked in these spots before covid but because their talent and what have you now it's been they've transferred that to a place on the bill where they should be. Yeah. And I just think it's great to see. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, you think back to the days, traditionally, sort of working men's clubs and so on. I mean, it would have been a really, really difficult environment for for a a female comic to kind of, you know... I used to love a working men's club. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they... they (laughs) I think it all comes down to... um, the performer's misconception and the audience's misconception, but all just people at the end of the day. Sure, it really, sure. really doesn't matter. And see, as soon as you can unlock that as a performer, mm-hmm. some things will open up for yeah. you, definitely. Jay was always absolutely fearless. I'm not saying that because she's a pal and she's sitting next to me. Absolutely always fearless, but it was always the right attitude because, yeah. man, 
what we do is incredibly fun. Yeah. Right. What we do, even when it's even when it's terrible, <laughs> it's <laughs> incredibly fun to do. And there'd be nothing better than going into a gig. We're talking about the Max Star again thing yeah. again. It's yeah. like going into that working man's club going, This is gonna be awful, James. She's like, shut up, you <laughs> I'm like, it's gonna be great, but like, come on, it's us, we can do this. <laughs> it's also I suppose it's one thing getting your set together and memorizing your set and, and being really, really comfortable with it. But th- there must have been a point for both of you where you felt comfortable enough to really engage with the punters and and that could you know um could go either way i think billy and i you know hopefully i can speak for you on this billy By all means. <laughs> we had similar because we had acting backgrounds and i had an improv background i'd done groundlands um which is a really famous kind of improv kind of like second city um in LA. and i'd done a bit of that and then i'd come the reason I got into stand-up was because when I came back, you couldn't really do improv unless you were in yeah. uni. You sure. know, there was no kind of opportunity unless you were at university yeah, to do yeah. improv or you were either Stu or Gary, which I was neither <laughs> Stu or Gary. So that's how I ended up doing Viv's course and how I ended up in stand-up. So that sort of interaction with audiences came quite naturally. And mm. also, Billy and I are not amazing at writing stuff down. No, I don't. I'm going to come out and say this, man. My <laughs> writing is the weakest thing in my act, by Christ. But, We're both um, dyslexic. Uh, I'm dyslexic and I've got ADHD, which I didn't find out in 2007, which has made the last few years, although the number of people that went, really, this just came to your <laughs> attention now. But it was about losing that fear. It was stage time, stage time, stage time, stage time. Even in those early days, I think if people were taking tons of compare and... I seem to remember it would normally be me and you. It's me and you all yeah, the time. Yeah, very much me and you. And it, that was when I didn't, you didn't get it. Like, yeah. I was always a bit worried about people that would, like, do two gigs in and they're like, well, if I should go at comparing, why? Mm-hmm. Well, you get more stage time, don't you? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's go and, go and write some jokes, go and write some yeah. material. Because um, there is nothing worse than this life. And I will say this to any comic that is listening than a new comic that is trying out their brand new material all bloody night for two hours bringing acts on. Yeah. It's, it's the worst. Don't do it. Always impresses me with, with Compare is the memory too. So you'll, you'll go on and you, you, what's your name? Where are you from? And then maybe, you know, half an hour later, you remember mm-hmm. the name. Oh, and, and I never remember no, names. No, no, I never remember names. I remember people. <laughs> yeah. I never remember names. Yeah, you're always great at remembering names. You're always great I, at I am good at remembering names. I, I enjoy that. I, it's a party trick. Uh, yeah. People, people love it. You yeah. know, and if you can link, sometimes you'll get you know this amazing kind of little hat trick thing going on in the audience yeah, yeah. where you can link three link people things. together it's, via jobs or, or or their experiences. And it's, it's probably the coolest experience you'll have is like yeah. a compare like yeah. one of those things like oh that worked uh-huh. you know um even just bringing audiences together it's um because you won't see it again yeah that's that that's the one thing why i've always liked about comparing mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with comedians that go up there or compares that go this is my bits this is what i do because we've all got tricks yeah but um see when it cannot happen again You've got a you've got a, a Russian cosmonaut in the front row. You've got uh, you know someone that uh, um, um, deals with earthquakes. You know you've got a mama too, and you just manage to make that connection, and everybody goes fucking yes. <laughs> uh, it's it's probably the best experience in the world because everyone walks away talking about that experience. Yeah, and uh, God, it's it's brilliant. So um, yeah, I was I was actually at a gig at the stand last night, and it was great because it, the, he said to the the folk and friend, what do you do? And this guy, yeah, he, he made helicopters as he was a helicopter manufacturer. And that, then that's good. That's a good guy, one. That's and, a good one. And, the, and then it was his son-in-law next to them. What do you? He sells helicopters. And he was like, <laughs> "This is almost like too good." Yeah, because he's, he's he's kind of mind thinking. No, this is just too good. I don't know what yeah. to do with it, you know. And then it was a, a nurse. 
And it was like, basically, all right, so you, yeah, you, you kind of build them, you sell them, and then you treat the people when they fall out of them, you know? <laughs> and it was great. It was just really watch, it was watching a bit of stagecraft. Yeah, But yeah. he did forget the names of the guy. The, oh, the guy hmm. who, like, it was literally about 30 seconds later, he said, uh, you have to forgive me. What's your name again, Bob, you know? But it was just, it was really, because of what I'm doing, I was paying particular attention to. Even, even that could be a trick. Even yeah. that could be a trick. It's, oh, what's your name again? It's uh, yeah. just re-establishing the connection. Yeah. Not saying, oh, I don't know, look. It's like, but uh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. A helicopter, God, even then, did you did, did you hear that? And you were thinking, oh, I would do so much with a helicopter. Uh, <laughs> do you know the A-team? <laughs> <laughs> Have you met the A-team? Do you know Noel Edmonds? <laughs> some of my favourites, like people in the front row, is, you know, some of the favourite things that you've been told You must have some bills over the years. I do... I mean, one, I don't know why it always comes to mind, but I once had the woman who she made the flavours for pot noodles. Wow. You know, the little flavour, oh salty sachet thing. And it was just, I can't even remember where I took it, Did but she it went pick all the flavors? night. Did she, she, she creates, she's a science, she's a food scientist. Yes. A food scientist and her job. And that's what she said initially. She didn't initially uh, say, oh, yeah. I make pot noodles. <laughs> she went, I'm a food scientist. And we like, dug into what that was. And sometimes it's a compare. What the whole thing is, is you know there'll be something funny and you just have to keep digging yeah, until yeah, you yeah. find it. And so we went through what a food scientist yeah. was, what she did. And I said, what are you working on just now? Oh, I work for Pot, pot Noodle. noodle. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> you just... always ask another question. Always sure. ask another question. Just keep going. Are there occupations you dread? Like something like that and a, a teacher? I work in a shop. I don't <laughs> mind shops because there's always something about the shop or something yeah. they hate in the shop. But accountancy... And engineers. I think the yeah. nicest thing I've had with accountancy has been when it's been a couple. And it's like, do you ever bring accountancy sexy talking to the bedroom? It's like, <laughs> I'd like to make a deposit in here. And she's like, no, just you go in the toilet and do your self-assessment. It's, you know, you can maybe have a little bit of silly fun with that. And although if you see any self-employed comedians are kind of like going, oh, too soon, mate. Come on, <laughs> too soon. Um, I think the best I ever had was an earthquake seismologist. Uh, but it had been a really fun night at the Glasgow stand on a Saturday. And you know what that's like. Mm. And the place is already rocking. Yeah. And we'd already had fun with a couple of people. And and I went, oh, what was it? You do, sir. I'm an earthquake seismologist. I'm like, what? Where the fuck were you 10 minutes ago wasting my time on this prick? And I pointed right at a guy that we'd already had fun with. And he was like, what the fuck? And I went, oh, no, come on. It's like, uh, but it is annoying when you spent 20 minutes trying to mine an accountant yeah. and then you've got a seismologist. One, my favourite one that happened just, just after the fringe this year was September. It was in the Monkey Barrel Comedy Club. Um, and to be fair, I wasn't comparing. Um, I was I was headlining, and it'd already been fairly established that the two guys in the front row were um, film producers, and they were here as part of the. Is it was it Catwoman that was getting filmed in yeah. Glasgow? Oh, right. Yeah, uh, Bat Batgirl. Batgirl was it Batgirl. So one of the one of the many movies. One of the many made, movies, one of the many made, movies in getting made in Glasgow for some reason. Yeah. And they were through in Edinburgh for the day. They were doing location stuff, and they'd ended up at the Monkey Barrel. And it was two guys and a girl and. The girl had something to do with the thing as well. It was just a joy to come on stage. And I went, you know, hello, hello, boy. And their names were like Ethan and Ray. Of course, right? course they like, were. Of course they I was were. like, hello, Ethan and Ray. I was like, I know everybody's been up in your grill trying to get a part on the movie. Just to let you know, um, I'm a woman over 40. This is what we look like in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> you never see any of us in your movies. And then I just kind of walked around the stage, like the, yeah. the, the T-Rex in Jurassic da, Park. Da, 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 da. <laughs> just like, and these two boys were just like, yeah, you've got, you've got a point there. I think my favourite ever interaction happened, and it's one of those, this will never happen again. I like asking people, 
as do you. How did you meet? Because sometimes it, it might not, it's, I'm not necessarily digging for a comedy bit, might just be asking, just to find out. I like to make connections sometimes. Mm. And the woman gave the answer, which always sets off your compare radar. Oh, you don't want to know. Oh, I want to know. And <laughs> now I want to know. I, the, all these guys, it doesn't even matter. Me and you need to have this discussion. And she goes, right. <clears throat> so he's a twin. And I went, oh, I'm on board. <laughs> I'm on board already. What it was to is... To start your favourite porn. Yeah, exactly. He's a twin. Come in, fix the boiler. Uh, so um, what it was is she had been at home one night watching uh, Married at First Sight, I think. Yeah. And she went, oh, that guy's from my area. I tried to find him on Facebook, saw he had a twin, sent him a message asking him out on a date, and now they're married. So I was like, so hang on, let me get this straight. You were watching the telly and you went, oh, I wonder if there's any more of those available. <laughs> <laughs> Buy it now. And they were married two years and they came to see my set. And I was just like, that's going to be the weirdest way. And everyone was creeped out by this woman going like, that's... That's weird. That's I, weird. I, I, I mean, the relationship ones I've had, and I'm sure you've had this as well, because it's not uncommon, couples breaking up in the front row during during the, the night. Oh, wow. we've had, the guys disappeared, the girls disappeared, the other yeah, guys disappeared. It's all gone wrong. Also, loads of first dates, lots and lots. The amount of first dates that sit in the front row. Um, recently, I had a woman from America with a guy from Scotland who was her husband, but she lived in America and he lived in Scotland. And then we get into it. It, started, it was starting to get like Jeremy Kyle. She used to be married to his best friend. Oh and God. he was married. <laughs> you're just, the whole audience by oh this God. point are just looking at this woman like, right, never mind who you're bringing on next. <laughs> then what happens? <laughs> and she had a, she had a, um, Peanut farm, which also. Of course she did. Yeah. A, that sounds like a euphemism of ever. <laughs> Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The, 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 the seats at the front are almost last to fill, I, I noticed. You know, people want a, want a seat at, at the stand, um, but they, they, they want to, oh, I don't want to sit at the front so I get picked on. I think it'll depend on the gig. Sometimes, I mean, um, I've uh, sometimes I've protected the people at the front. Yeah. Like if I've had a first date, it's like you guys on first date, you're under my protection. <laughs> like I'm gonna make you, I'll, I'll make you a fucking star by the end of the night, right? <laughs> um, but you're right. But some gigs like entertainment, which is the night I do regularly in Glasgow, people head straight for the front row because yeah. they they want to be a show. They're but there's also nudie ladies yeah, in there. Very, yeah, they're a very, they're a very different audience. Yes. Like you will get, like sometimes you would compare going, oh, how do you guys meet? We're swingers. But if you sit, ask at entertainment, it's like, we're swingers. Yep, you probably are. <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably are. That's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. But no, you're right. And I think it is, I mean, I don't think it would have ever stopped me before I went to see a show. I mean, I'd rather you didn't ask me. 
Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing worse than if you're a comic and then you, you, another comic asks you a question, what do you do for a living? You're like, oh, God. Have you thought of making something up? I, I, I would do everything not to try and be involved because here's the thing. I'm a massive introvert, really, mm-hmm. and comparing in comedy is a terrific job for introverts because we control the conversation mm-hmm. <laughs> completely. <laughs> I've got a microphone so I can make all the noise I want. Uh, I, I'm completely in control of the situation. Wow. So, Billy Kirkwood is an introvert. I would not have thought oh, that in a million years. Definitely a social introvert, 100%. Yeah. Wow. So I, w- I wouldn't want to be involved. <laughs> The wonderful winter sale is now on at Harry Corey. Harry Corey. Prices are falling in every department. Duvet sets from only seven fifty. Pillows from only six pounds. And lined eyelet curtains from just twelve pounds fifty. The Harry Corey winter sale now on. Call in store or online at harrycorey.com while these wonderful offers last. Harry Corey. The curtain bedding specialists. I watched you um, doing a really tricky bit of comparing during the during the pandemic when it was a drive-through gig at yeah. the Rotunda, and yeah. you had to go around about uh, through the car park, speaking to people through the car windows oh, with a camera I and all that. That that was that, that was a bit of skill involved in that. I loved that. I absolutely. It was weird because it was actually bringing together all the different things that I kind of do. So there was a little bit of radio presenting in there, a little bit of presenting for ICW. Yeah. Uh, comparing and being a comic and it just it was it was so much fun but it was actually as well during a period where it was like you know oh my god is this it yeah is is this will we ever be back in theaters again yeah Yeah. which was a terrifying time for comics Mm. i'm sure other people have spoken about it on the podcast but it was a terrifying time for comics but it was also very exciting yeah and uh, no i liked that because and the thing is you could see people were Dying to interact mm. uh, and and compare like in stark contrast yeah. to uh, you know people not sitting in the front row of the stand or the rotunda or the glee or the the comedy store, people are dying to interact with you because they weren't going to talk to anyone else apart from that dickhead that lives in the house <laughs> or yeah. whatever. And uh, that was incredible. I mean, that was leading in. That was even kind of before the Zoom gigs were up and running. And I know that Jay did a load of those yeah. hosting and, and uh, yeah. being an act and it was embracing a completely different time of technology. I just thought it was wonderful that, that so so many creative minds trying to go get people work and also entertain people who had yeah. been stuck in their houses too. And yeah, the you know, Zoom gigs and I mean they must have been for, for to compare a Zoom gig must have been a tough act for you, Jay. Um <sighs> Again, it was one of those things that once you've done it a few times and also people, like Billy saying with the car park thing, people wanted to be interacted with, yeah. you know. So, and the great thing about Zoom gigs was that you could see their house. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you, good know, look. You, you could have a good look around um, and quite often, not normally when I was comparing, if I was doing a set, I'd be watching and you could flick, obviously, you, it, there was a lot, of, particularly Des McLean's gigs, yeah. and there would yeah. be a lot of people there yeah. and you could flick through and then find your favourite living room and just start writing down little notes while the other act's on, yeah. just like, where did you get the curtains, you know? Yeah, like, just yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I've, I've I was just, uh, we've just moved house. We were looking for a house during the pandemic. So I was writing down, oh, that looks great. Where's oh, that my, from? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and, and there was this woman selling the house. I said, we'll have that one. But it, all of that was great. You know, just just being able to talk to people again. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of comics didn't do them and a lot of comics hated them. But I actually, I mean, unlike Billy, and I think I'd already established with when I started with G's, I love talking to people. Sure. I'm not an introvert. I had been stuck in my house with a tiny baby yeah. and my husband and, 
you know, we were in a top floor flat during one of the hottest summers on record and not not able to go into the back garden because yeah, it was sure. a shared back garden. Oh. So I was just absolutely desperate to to have a moan and speak to people. And The beauty of the Zoom gig as well, we could have wee post-it notes around your screen as well. So. Oh, yeah. it was great. That I was stopped memorising uh, stuff. It was but, amazing. But that's the weird thing, actually, about, about myself. It's like, uh, um, I'm a social introvert, but I'm not a, I'm not an on-stage introvert, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I think it's because I get to shift personas. Uh-huh. You know, I get to be somebody else for a bit. Whereas, like, it's quite funny when you'll see people, oh, I saw you, I saw Billy Kirkwood in the shopping centre the other day, he looked miserable. Because I'm fucking going shopping. <laughs> that's why. Imagine you were that. Else. I'm no prince. <laughs> you know, what the fuck do you think we're walking out of the suit? But it was great because you were getting to interact with people and we were having fun. And it actually, and it is, it is the wonderful thing about live comedy is... And, and I'm not taking anything away. Zoom was the closest we got to it during that period was, it's about bringing people together. It is about that life experience, all these heartbeats in one place, just having fun. Yeah. And that's what the Zoom gigs were, were during that period. And, you know, and thank goodness they just were Just getting to see your friends again getting, as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was that just, was actually the getting a bitch, but again, like being a, like being being in a good in the little green room beforehand, you know, and quite often you would be in there for like maybe an hour before because there's all the tech stuff. Yeah. Not a lot of comics are, I mean, a lot more are better now, but yeah. especially kind of older generation to us, not great with tech. And... <laughs> I did a gig with Graham Mackey when it was pointed at his beard the whole way through it. I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. Graham Mackey is uh, the, the man who people think looks like Santa, just for the listeners. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the incredible disappearing man. He looks amazing. He looks like four stone or something. He looks incredible. Uh, like good. I, like, like Santa's got buff. <laughs> I liked uh, gigging with Raymond Mernz on Zoom because Mernz, he doesn't wear glasses on stage, but because, you know, it's, he, he was having to do, he had to wear his reading glasses. His, his close-up glasses. <laughs> and it just gave a whole new dimension oh, to Raymond wow. and it was it was brilliant but just again getting to see those faces and yeah. chat to your pals and you and know. going international as well like mm. like you'd be doing a gig from your house which is weird and there'd be a guy dialing in from America yeah there'd be particularly Desi's gigs and when Susie did them as well yeah. you were again it's it was it felt it felt I mean it was um, well, there's nothing to beat doing it live in front no. of people in a real world sure. there was a point where it was like you know these are a lot better than they've any business been. <laughs> they were great. And I liked the Zoom better, I would say, than even when you went to do the stand live gigs, which were nice because you were actually in the room with comics. So yeah. the stand, they were performed live in the stand, yes. socially distanced, yep. um, just with the comics. Yeah. But if there's anything that comics hate, it's trying to be funny in front of only oh, other comics. Yeah. Yeah. And the only laughter in, coming from anywhere w- was from the your mates. Al or something, yeah, and then number of times I was like these guys aren't going to laugh at me <laughs> <laughs> this is this is going to be and then everyone would everyone would but you, everybody was so nervous going yeah. up and you're just going up in front of people you've known for years but you're oh it was grim and they, and they know you're doing material that normally would kill but it's like you're going to get any feedback on this you're going to get any laughter <laughs> and sometimes the only time they would laugh is when they knew you'd gone completely off script the po- that uh, point you made about um, you know, during the during the car park gigs and and thinking God will we ever be back in a theatre though that mm. that was a real 
fear. I mean, it must have been, you know. Uh, do you know, I'd, Gavin uh, Webster does a, a podcast and I remember going on it after one of those and I felt mad actually saying, you know, I just want to reassure everyone we're going to be back. Mm-hmm. I, actually, the gigs in the car park kind of reassured me yeah. we're going to be back. Because, because appetite's there. Yeah, they, they, in some way we will make this work sure. eventually. Yeah. And that was something I clung on to. I really, really did. Even the Zoom gigs, it's like, let they, they've... God, how many times did we have the discussion? We're just like, even if this ends up becoming like a summer-only thing, which no one would want, but there has to be a way. Yeah. You know, particularly when they were bringing back football and stuff like that, and you're going, hang on, so you can yeah. have 8,000 people in a football stadium, but you can't have 200 people in a car park in the city no, centre of Glasgow. No, yeah. There's going to the, be a way the, back. the Arts live entertainment really were shafted, though. They, they really I were. think so. I mean, I, I, I did always think it was going to come back. Yeah. I think I did one of these things where everybody... I remember the run up to the fringe last year, um, Karen Corrin of the Gilded Balloon had got in touch with me in January 2021 and she went, Jay, come hell or high water, the Gilded will be doing the fringe. There will be a fringe, even yeah. if it is just the Gilded. And she said, so I'm counting on you to be in. And I went, no, that's fine, right? I'll, and I'll do it. And I said, I'll do it. Now then I didn't hear again from Karen other than Zoom gigs and stuff yeah, but yeah. I, I never heard another word about the Fringe until the end of April that's right which is when usually you'd have your full Fringe you know you're, you're all you're, set you're, you're, all set. Yeah. you're just basically yeah. just running it out until yeah. until August and she said right I think it's happening and so I started to write and it went all the way up until July yeah. the start of July when she said, oh, I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen. It looks, yeah. like, it looks like the university aren't going to let us use the room, so we might have to be outdoors. And the whole time, all the other comics were saying to me, you're doing the full fringe, the full fringe, the full three weeks. Uh-huh, I'm doing the full fringe. You're mental, Lafferty. You're crazy. See, within two days of the fringe starting and me being the only female in the book doing the entire, it wasn't actually a physical book, but mm. I was the only one doing the entire run. Comics got like, you're a bitch. Can't yeah. believe you're doing this. <laughs> so <laughs> jealous. Like, so jealous that, like, because it sold out. The yeah. the runs, everybody's run sold out. It was a great. It was. It's a year we'll look back on very fondly. I think. I, I don't mean, think I, there'll ever be in a, a fringe like it. Again. I it's amazing. Um, I mean, I God. Uh, I think it was Rick Molland uh, to books the Scottish Comedy Festival. I've known Rick for a long time, but he's like, uh, um, and he called me with like, it was, it was like eight weeks to go. It's like, have you got a show? And it's like, got an idea for a show. Got an idea for a show. I do, I do. Uh, which was nice to have that feeling again. Yeah. You know, because like I'd had a tour, which I didn't get to do until last year, yeah. um, that I'd had to push back. And I was like, you know, I've kind of... And that was a weird thing. Like the idea of the show you wanted to do before lockdown and then the show you wanted to do after yeah. lockdown. See, before that, it was going to be all arty and stuff, man. I was going to be talking about mental health and all that. Yeah. Oh, man, it was going to be great. And by the end of it, it's like, just want to make folk laugh and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make folk laugh. That's, that's all it was. That's exactly it, wasn't it? But going into the fringe... I was jealous because I didn't get to join until the second week. I think I can't remember what I had on. I think I had a family holiday, which was one of those ones where my wife kind of went, "Now it's been two years. <laughs> I've been through a pandemic, and if you don't take me to fucking Thurso <laughs> or whatever it was, I'm going to cut your balls off while you sleep. We've got three wins. I've caught you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need. I'm throwing you back. Uh, and I went to the fringe, and there was such an incredible atmosphere amongst the comics. Amongst the audiences, uh, it was so wonderful to see guys like the Gilded Balloon back here, the familiar faces and familiar names that you knew had put in a graph because for the guys at Gilded, and particularly who have been a backbone of the fringe for so long, Karen and Katie, 
I mean, I worried. Yeah, I, I worried about you know. It's like I had the radio and other things, and hey, I can always get a job in a sure. shop if I have to. Yeah. But I worried about those guys because of they had gone and you said the phrase earlier, all in. Yeah. They yeah. had gone all in, so it was great to see that happening again. And by God, by the t- by the time halfway through the fringe, you've never seen so many smiling comics. Yeah. And all like, Scottish comedy's never been that positive, or will be again. It was amazing not having to flyer, not having to worry about your sh- the shows just sold. Yeah. You know, so people. I'd, I was lucky that I had a kind of audience and yeah. they'd come to see me um, over the previous five years and lots of them came back and then you had people coming in and going, this is, you know, it's so good to be back here and seeing you. Yeah, and, yeah. You, know, you know, people that you ha- had never spoken to before, but, ha- but yeah. you realised actually, oh, I've got people who come and see me every year. This is really nice. And it was just great. To, the, the only sad downside of it was the kind of social side of yeah. you know, usually where comics get to hang out afterwards because of all the social yeah. distancing, because a lot of the comedy bars weren't open. Yeah. That, was, that wasn't as good, but everything else... We made else the most was, of it. It yeah. was great for me to be back at the Fringe because I'd been planning to go back to the Fringe and then COVID happened. Yeah. I, been there. I did the stupid thing, like, because I do the radio show, instead of going like, oh, I've got a little bit of, you know, I can, I can afford to do the Fringe again. Instead, I went like, oh, God, I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I can't do the Fringe. And then last year, I didn't give a crap. I was like, yes! Yeah. We need to go back to the Fringe. And like Jay said, it was a re- reawakening for the Scottish comedy scene, which I hope will continue this year. And this, so the, the Fringe this year will be back to its old self then for the first time in, well, that'll be three years, I suppose. I, 2019 was the last time. I kind of hope, yes and no to that answer. I hope it will have evolved because um, I always think one of the things is, and you hear this all the time, people come along to the Fringe, oh, I want a TV name, I want a such and such name. It's great, we've both got you know TV and radio credits to our names, but we've both got audiences that... Um, so that's nice for us in some respects, but we're not like John Bishop. We're not like Tim Vine. We're not yeah. like Sarah Millican. We're not yeah. like these names. So it'd be nice to see people. I hope it's the audience that kind of change in how they think. Like they will go, I'm going to go and see Jay Lafferty over yeah. X. I'm going to go and see Billy Kirk. I'm going to go see Gareth Moore. Yeah. I'm going to go see Daisy Earl. I'm going to go see Ray Brogan. Yeah. You know, they, they'll, they'll go and see comics and, just enjoy the festival experience. It shouldn't be, it has to be about money in some respect. I'm not ignorant to that. Yeah, yeah. But I really hope it's about embracing what the fringe really is. Well, had Milton Jones in this very studio last week and he he made that point that, you know, looking forward, to, you know, he's, I don't think he's doing it this year and he, he does think it's just become, mm. he maybe needs to cut the name fringe off the title possibly. Okay. Because people are going to fringes elsewhere to right. get their show ready for Edinburgh, which is... Fred Macaulay, I remember having a a conversation years ago with Fred and Fred said to me, you know, the fringe used to be you went with a bit of an idea and after 23 days, 24 days, you had a tour show or you had a new 20 minutes for the clubs. And now because of the awards and largely driven by the awards over the years um, and a couple of the, the venues, um, it became a money-making machine mm. for a number of large agencies and a number of larger venues. And it was, you kind of have to do the fringe and you have to spend 10 grand yeah. and you're probably going to lose 15 grand, but you might get on mock of the week where mm. you'll make six grand and then you might get on, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was that sort of thing that people then bought into and then it became a thing of like, oh, you have to do the fringe. Yeah, yeah. 
And a lot of Scottish comics never really bought into that because for us, it was a thing where Scottish comedy was over, always overlooked at the fringe. Yeah. You know, so you could be there year after year doing what you're doing and always the, the column inches would go to the down south act to come up. Yeah. The um, big PR machines behind them. Yeah. And even, but even when Scottish comics have PR machines, they still lose yeah. out. But you know yeah. something, you nailed it. Like you built that audience. You had people coming and seeing you that had never got to see you before and you, you'd started building in that way. So I, that is what I like to hear. I like to hear... Th- it's about making a connection with the audience. The other things will come, or they yeah. should come anyway. Yeah. I still think Scottish comedy gets kind of overlooked. I could literally point at five comics and I go, I don't understand why he's not on TV. I don't understand why she's not on the radio. Yeah. I don't understand. I, I, like, it's mind-numbing. Yeah. It's mind-numbing. But uh, I, I'd have nosebleeds doing that. Uh, two of them are in the studio, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but um, I really hope it gets back to... Audiences making connections with comedians again and discovering, because that's the cool thing. You do your show, you know, you do your big show, but then you get to do things like you did End of the World. Yeah. I went with a kind of experimental show, which I kind of just re It's like, Mike, that was an annoying thing about the fringe. I remember going like, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, who knows, maybe this is the way it is and maybe this is the end. I remember by the fringe, the end of it, almost being a little depressed because it's like, Oh my god, I'm still in love with this fucking hell. <laughs> god damn it. Why can't I become a scientist or something? Yeah. I think this year is going to be insane because yeah. what you've got now is you've got three years of new acts. Yeah. And a lot of the the acts who are gonna have what the what's the debut show are acts who are six, seven, some of them eight years into being a comic. And this will be their first official ever long fringe because it's not counted unless it's, you know, it's over a certain amount of time. So some of them will have done half an hour or 40 minutes before, but you've got to be over 45. Is it 45 minutes? uh, It might even be 50 now. Maybe 50 minutes to be counted as a debut hour. Um, And so I think, I mean, off the top of my head, I can name about 12 who are doing their debut hours. And I think for me this year, because I had done that full, the full run last year, and then on January the 1st, and it literally was January the 1st, I opened up my Instagram and there was just so many work in progress shows for yeah. their Fringe no. shows. And I went, do you know what? I'm not going to do a solo show this year at the Fringe. Good on you. I'm just going to let these guys... Just let them go. Let them go, do their thing, because it's just going to be a bun fight. And yeah. it's, you know, you'd have to do, I think for, for the Fringe, next time I went to do the Fringe, I went to do something totally different and yeah. it'd get lost. it would get lost this yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's why I like doing things like show me your tattoo or notes from a phone and what have you. It's like, there is no way that I can make this the same show every day. But then the, the rod in your back is that people go, that was brilliant. I love that. I'm going to come see tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, are you doing anything this year? The yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing a children's show. I'm producing a play and I am doing the Scottish Comedy Festival being a kind of Jay Laverty and Friends brilliant. thing. Excellent. So I'll be doing stuff and, and generating material, but what I'm not doing is a full hour-long yeah. show. And like Billy said before The Fringe, my shows were about um, my fertility journey, largely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they all had, Jammy was about luck. You know, Bism's was, you know, kind of about <laughs> the cards that life deals you. Yeah. Um, and then Blether, which was the one I did last year, that was literally, as Billy said, that it was just about getting in a room with people and just talking. Yeah. And it was great. It was a great show. And being talked to yeah, each other and just show. have a, and have it a real laugh. And so I think... Anything, it was the only show me and my wife went to see. It was the only show. I didn't know that. Yeah, we, we came in. I got, I got a hookup, so we came in late. <laughs> Before I forget, in case I do forget, t- t- tell me how people can go about 
you know, get booking tickets for to see you or what you've got coming up as well as the Fringe? Um, I think probably just following me on Instagram. Instagram is where I put most of the things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have got a website. I hardly ever update it. <laughs> right there with you, sister. Right with you. It's a waste of time. Uh, you can book me through yeah. it. It's yeah, got, yeah, that's a, it. You can email me. Book J button. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Generally, I just put stuff up on yeah. Instagram. Sure. I've not embraced this whole. Here's all my dates for the month thing yet uh, no, that everybody's no. doing. No, it's I, I hate that. I'm, I've listened. If I was better at promoting myself, people go, oh, "You're always busy." It's like, but I'm not. I just, I just like, I, I, well, I am. I don't know, but I'm not great at the promotion side. Like people have got mailing lists and all that type of yeah. shit. It's like I don't have anybody to do that yeah. for me. I'm a yeah. fucking idiot. <laughs> like I'll never be able to do that. So but, someone's listening to this though in this area. I need to hear. I need to see Billy Kirk. Would probably do. Just jump on your Facebook. Uh, or yeah, Twitter I'd probably or say Facebook, Twitter, even. Some some of that I don't put on there billykirkwoodcomedy.com if you really want to yeah. just email me yeah. <laughs> what are you getting this weekend I'm here you're yeah. to, in your way to Holland next uh, yes I'm away to Holland for the first time ever uh, uh, to uh, Utrecht to the Utrecht International Comedy Festival we're going to do Watch Bad Movies Great Comedians which is basically me and other comics ripping apart uh, films in front of a live one audience one of my actual favourite nights yeah, it's, uh, it's such a good uh, time uh, we have we have it is, it is one of my favourite shows. Like, I just, uh, the I love Avengers, it. watching oh the Avengers God, with that you, was that so was much brilliant. Fun. The Avengers, not the, not the new Avengers. And these, these classic the movies that some people might think are great films. Well, that's the whole thing, actually. Um, so they sign the music. I've, and... I've done a couple where I went, I understand that this is a crap film, but I love it. Right? <laughs> so that's always quite heartbreaking. Uh, but no, uh, the one we're going to do in Holland, uh, or Utrecht, I should say, is actually going to be Dutch movies. So it's wow. going to be me and the Dutch comedian. Um, and we just rip them apart and we have fun with them. It's it's hands down one of my favourite shows. Fantastic. And I'm going to be across there for a couple more days. Is there a way of seeing that online at all? Will there is not this year. We, no. we did it online last year, but there is not this year I'm afraid you'll have to buy tickets we'll have to buy a ticket by the Utrecht Comedy Festival I assume and get over there yes on a, on a flight or a ferry or something yes yes so my news is uh, so this is episode 7 of Laughter Unlocked so my news is I'll be doing the uh, Red Rock at the Stand next week sweet who so, books it who books it <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. First, can I first have it. First, have it. You're a comedian getting a gig. And so, oh, really? Yeah, who makes that? I'm going to be doing Red Rot. So, um, and then we'll see where it goes. We'll maybe mm. play a wee clip of it in the final episode. One um, of us. One a wee of us. A wee bit. One of us. No, no, no. One of us. I, I think I said to you before it though, uh, before we started recording, how I'd, I had done a few gigs before the pandemic, and then I did a Zoom gig and I did a, the car park gig with you. Yeah, yeah. And then I did Red Row back in October and I I kind of took a real panic attack before it. I just thought, oh God. And in the five or 10 minutes before I went on stage, I was suddenly dreading it. And if someone had given me a get out at that point, I would have oh, taken wow. it. A lot of people do right now. Yeah. And and it was that was as as we as I was slagged off um, you know, relentlessly in episode one, I actually wrote Hi, I'm Simon on my hand because I was so <laughs> worried. I couldn't I, you know, I'm gonna take a total blank and I'll just be staring at all these people and I won't know what's the first word to come out of my mouth. So I think what I think what the problem was, I just hadn't rehearsed it enough. Right. And and I think I thought, well, I've done this wee routine loads of times. Okay. Uh, it'll come back to me. And when the press was on that, well, I'm, I'm talking to two professionals here, like I'm trying to teach you. How you, to know, do it. you know, you know, it probably was there. 
in some respects, but you should always, you're still refresh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're still refreshed. I mean, I see after the pandemic, that was one of my favourite things to do where you would see a comic and it happened to me <laughs> as well. You would go exactly into a bit, say. you would go into a bit that you had done for decades, right? Like something that just like a little bit that is maybe like one of your wee favourite bankers and you would watch a comic go into it and then you would see the panic, the panic in their eyes and you would go, they can't remember how this oh, goes man. because they've not done it in two years. That makes me feel so much better. And it, honestly, <laughs> it would ha- and actually it happened to me, I think my third or fourth live gig back right. in Monkey Barrel in front of, when you were only allowed 20, the Monkey Barrel ran gigs and there was only 20 people and I mean, yeah. they must have been run at a loss but they <sighs> did it and it was, you know, amazing to be back on stage and huge thanks to David and Chris and all them for doing that and I was in in front of 23 people or something and I started and I just went do you know what guys don't remember how this ends but it was funny (laughs) I can assure you it was and the audience God love them they were just they they were on board they were just like yep no and I I saw it happen to other comments I saw it happen and the audience applauded yeah (laughs) like they literally it's almost like they go we get it we get it we get it this is this is weird for us all again as well I do this wee, I do a wee, a wee thing about how um, the Glasgow underworld and, and Glasgow gangsters all sound ridiculous because they've got names like cartoon characters. You Imagine. Know? And uh, uh, yeah, I'm not I, laughing because in uh, case you get us in trouble. No, this is it. This is exactly it. And 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 I remember actually one one night I did and I was sort of walking off stage and a guy said that was really good, mate. Wow. That's a bit brave. And I'm like, shit, was it? Maybe I should just change their names to pretend names. <laughs> but anyway, I forgot one of them. I forgot one of their names. And people watched it probably thought, ah, he's, 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 he's checking it out. Forgot it. No, I just forgot it because I'm old. That was it. <laughs> but uh, so I'll have to, I'll, I'll have to, um, I'll have to sort of rehearse and rehearse and rehearse before next Tuesday. Hey, I'll, always try and remember your the first thing. Like, if you can get that in there, a lot yeah. of stuff may very well should follow yeah. in theory once you get a, a big breath out that, of the way the first laugh but uh, um, always remember to say goodbye as well is my is my pet fucking peeve your name I'm Simon Houston goodnight yeah get off it's yeah. it's the cute for me it's like it's like uh, maybe don't get the chance to do that at Red Row though if the music comes on first because <laughs> you've overrun well, well I, I mean, don't know what to say if you're overrunning it's, it's a lot Nicer than it used to be back in our oh, day. Oh, back when Brian used to oh, do it. Big Bra- <laughs> big, if Big Brian didn't like you, that was it. You fucked. You're lucky. As soon as, it's in. as soon as the clock struck five minutes. Oh, I mean, four and a half. Brian yeah. was like, no, nope, I had enough of this shit. Oh, no, that's <laughs> terrible. In, in all fairness to him as well, though, the number of times he had to police people, because I haven't seen it in a long time, but I do remember there's been a couple of people that got music and it's like, get off. Like, the, you're done. Yeah. Get off, yeah. get off. Just because they've kind of misjudged their yeah. ability. But, but it's also about, it's also about, it's still a training ground. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what Jay was saying earlier about those, the pressure to do well, but, you know, relax. It's just a training ground yeah, at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, you know, yeah. nobody's expecting somebody that's had a football kicked at their feet for the first time to, you know, score a hat trick. I'm glad, I'm glad I've spoken to both of you guys because I feel a lot better about next Tuesday because, because this, this whole I mean, don't be just, shy or it's over. No, no, exactly. Yeah, never again. My, <laughs> my, my story is I've a, a repeated ad nauseum. Somebody sent me a challenge. Can you learn stand up? And this is what the podcast's all about. I'm, yeah. I'm speaking to professionals, getting their advice, speak, getting their own experiences. Then, and then, <laughs> and then after it. And, and you know, if, if, if I can do even a five-minute open spot at Edinburgh this year, that's all I really want to do. 
You know, come and do my Jay Lafferty really? and friends. Do a ten. Jay, I would do, <laughs> do a ten. Oh, that, oh, oh there's, there's, a, there's a big moment. This may be my ten. first invite. Uh, there you go. Producer David, it's only taken us seven episodes of the first invite. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll get my people will get back to you. All right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll also tell you a bit of advice that MG gave to me really early on. She's like, see how that five, see how that five, only two minutes on that's any good. Mm. Only two minutes on that's any good. Yeah. And, that, and that'll be two minutes that'll go towards your ten. And it's other ten minutes you should do it, Jay Show. If she'll give you 10, that is. Cheers that sounds listen. really exciting. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, listen, you're gonna... what, I'll do, what I'll do, first of all, is I don't know if you've if you've seen any YouTube clips of what I do or anything, but see next week. Are we passing it, around I'll, I'll, I'll send you a wee clip of it and you yeah. can be dead, dead honest and I'd love to get your feedback on it. Absolutely. There you go. It just got me so good. There you go. I used, to, I used to remember the nickname you guys used to give me back in the day. Lafferty? Not that one. <laughs> they used to. Um, oh, do, you mean, do you mean the. Uh... No, no, not that one All either. Right. <laughs> Lafferty! No, uh, the Queen of the Open Spots. Oh, because because um, whenever we had open spots on the show, um, and whether they were good, bad, or indifferent, I would always be really nice. She would always be really nice. Wow. <laughs> I mean, none, none of us were bad. Yeah, she's aware. Some but, of then, but then, oh, I've not got that in me. I'm too much of a shame. <laughs> but I remember, I do remember though, you'd always be, you would gently suggest things like, and you know, that was great. Maybe next time bit more practice, some jokes, <laughs> and then maybe you could come back. Yeah, unlike someone like, and, and God love him, uh, Raymond Mearns, who might treat me slightly different, maybe mm. slightly Raymond. more blunt. I Raymond used to love coming, are talking about? I used to love coming off stage when Raymond Mearns or Bruce Devlin were comparing, okay. and the words that you didn't want to hear was, and how did you think that way? <laughs> That's Raymond's big thing. Aye, get your coat and go up the road. Uh, Obviously not well <laughs> Well listen time, time is really moving on There's a million things I didn't get a chance to speak to you But we're well past the hour But you guys have been fantastic Fun Really enjoyed speaking to you And getting to know you both too Getting to know you in person For the first time as well Jay. Oh it's lovely to meet yeah. you too Thanks Billy I've met you before but Yeah really... and you are a subscriber On the OnlyFans So it's nice to put our face In the credit card <laughs> But you know how to, to follow the guys, how to get tickets for their shows. And uh, yeah, so listen, Billy J, thanks again for coming on the Laughter Unlocked. You're very kind. Thanks, Thank you. Again thanks soon. for having me. The wonderful winter sale is now on at Harry Corey. Harry Corey. Prices are falling in every department. Duvet sets from only £7.50, pillows from only £6 and lined eyelet curtains from just £12.50. The Harry Corry Winter Sale now on. Call in store or online at harrycorry.com while these wonderful offers last. Harry Corry, the curtain bedding specialists. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.